Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. I want to um, put a scripture up on the screen, Psalm 107, verse 1. I want you to say this with me. Come on, say this with me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. Say it again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures. Verse 8, listen to what it says. Let's say this together. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Do you know that God wants to work for you? He, he is a working God. He's not a statue. He's a working God who wants to work His works in your life. That ought to be enough to be thankful about right there. Amen. Thank God His mercy endures forever. Thank God that He works for us, works for us, desires to work for us, and to work in our lives. Glory to God. Amen. I want to share with you today some things about, you know, not about the, the event Thanksgiving, but it's always an opportunity for a pastor to talk about Thanksgiving But I want to talk to you today about having a grateful language. Now, that's going to take several different forms, so you're just going to have to kind of go with me here. Um, The the first service finally got it about 10 minutes in, so hopefully you're smarter than they are. Don't tell them I said that. No, I'm just kidding. But I want to talk to you about gratefulness and thankfulness. And, uh, and, and I'm going to share several different forms of this so you can hear what the Spirit of God's saying today. And then we're going to receive communion at the end of the service. But, but I want to read to you Luke chapter 12, verse 22 and verse 23. Listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, I say to you, do not worry about your life. All right, let me stop there a minute. Just leave leave it up there. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, about your body, what you'll put on, life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Okay? Now listen to me today. I want you to hear this, and I'm going to show you this in some other scriptures. Worry will destroy gratefulness in your life. The more you worry, the less grateful you are about what you have, what God's done for you, those things that are in your life. The more you worry, the less you see them, and the more you're fixed on things you can't fix anyway. Have you ever thought about that? You're worrying about something you can't fix. Well, now, there are things you can fix, but worrying's not going to do it. I mean, you say, I'm just worried about my weight. I'm gaining weight. Well, quit eating. (laughs) That'll solve the problem. (laughs) 
There are things you can do about certain things. But worry in general is about stuff that you have no control over whatsoever. And the more you worry and you're anxious and you fret over things like that, the less grateful you're going to be in your life. They do not go together. They do not mix. Well, I'm just worried that I'm going to have a, have a financial crisis in my life. But God, you're my source, but I'm worried. About... No, it doesn't work that way. Listen, they are mutually exclusive. And the more you worry and the more you fret, the worse you're going to be and you will not be a grateful person. You won't be a thankful person. When God has given us a language of thankfulness, worry distracts you from what's real and necessary. It keeps your focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have. And so you can't be grateful what you do have because you're too busy worrying about what you don't have. But I want to tell you, gratefulness will overcome worry in your life. If you'll apply the principles of God, it will overcome worry. Don't get distracted this Thanksgiving. Listen to me. From what it's all about. The word worry, the root word for the word worry in the Greek text literally means to be distracted and divided from the answer. So guess who doesn't want you to have the answer? So you have to realize that if you're going to live the life God has for you and you're going to live a grateful life, listen to me, then you're not going to be able to do that and worry. You can't do both. It's impossible. It's okay. They'll be all right. Listen to me. Life is more than food. Thanksgiving is more than food. I know it's fun to have, but listen to me. If you're not careful, this holiday, you're going to end up being distracted from being thankful about anything. Why do we have this stinking holiday anyway? Uncle Fred comes and screws it up every year. Or the turkey or could be a million things. But listen, if you will understand, don't get distracted. Keep a grateful heart. Be thankful. Be grateful for whatever you have. I was was on the way home uh, a couple of days ago and I'd already been meditating on this. and, and, And I just got so grateful about where I live. You know, I've lived, Becky and I have lived in the same, we've raised our kids in the same house. We've lived there for 30 years, okay? Um, Lindsay was young and Taylor was young, but, but by and large, we raised our kids in, in that house. And uh, I just got to thinking how grateful I was about the house that I, that, that I have. 
that God put me where I am, and I'm, I was just so grateful for that house. Well, you ain't seen my house. Well, let me just tell you something, sweetheart. Let me take you to any part of the world you want to go, and I'll show you people living in houses. You'll be thankful for the one you have. It's comparative. But listen, thank God you got a roof over your head. Well, my roof leaks. Well, thank God it isn't a whole roof. I mean, you can find something to be grateful about. You've got to make up your mind. I am going to have a grateful language. I'm not going to be distracted by circumstances and start worrying, but I'm going to have a grateful language. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 gives us, tells us how to do it. Listen, to this Living Translation. New Living Translation, listen. Don't worry about anything. Instead, see, it's not enough just not to worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. All right, you ready? And thank Him for all that he has done. Thank him for all that he has done. All right, listen. When you do that, something's going to happen. Verse 6 transitions into verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There is a supernatural aspect to life for the believer when you make up your mind, I am not going to worry. I'm not going to be anxious. I am going to pray and I am going to thank God for what I have and God's peace is going to come on me. You have to understand that is not God's issue. It's your issue. Oh, God, give me peace. Give me peace. Give me peace. Oh, Lord, I need peace. Listen to me. That's not how you get it. Number one, Jesus said you already have it because I gave it to you as part of my will and testament to you. But number two, you're the one required to receive peace. And the only way you can do it is make up your mind, I'm not going to worry. And I'm going to thank God for what I have. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 adds to that this way. It says in verse 15, now listen to this. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Well, how do you get it? Well, we just read it. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Be thankful. The word there actually means in the Greek text, it, I mean, it, it, when I saw this, I said, that's it. It actually means have a grateful language. Have a grateful language. Now, I don't know about you, but we can all get sour sometimes and get negative. But if you work on your language, your grateful language, you would be amazed at what God can do for you. But we always want to go to the negative instead of the positive. I mean, look, well, 
I tell you what, I can't help it. I'm just worried my hair is getting gray. Well, thank God it's not falling out. Well, I lost all my hair. Well, thank God you don't have to comb it. I mean, there's something to thank God about. There's something to be grateful about. If you have a grateful language, listen to me, you're going to put yourself in a position for God to work supernaturally in your life. I learned a lesson, a really a valuable lesson from my father-in-law. My, my in-laws, wonderful people, loving people, caring people. They loved me, you know, and, 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 and even when I left Becky, and they still loved me. When I came back, they loved me just like I never left. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And Becky's dad went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, and, but for a while he was in the nursing home because we just nobody we couldn't take care of him he needed professional care and and so he was in a nursing home and I I would go up there sometimes and sit with him and the nurses would come in or one of the aides would come in and and do something for him or just simple things and he always was grateful and it wasn't coming out of his head it was coming out of his heart he would thank people. I mean, I, I remember one time he was trying to, he, he couldn't get the straw in the cup. You know, you know how they'll flop around, you know. You probably don't know that, but anyway. <laughs> and, and, he was, and, and, and the lady just moved the straw where he could suck it. She, he just stopped and said, thank you. Just grateful. Just grateful. That's the way you want to live your life. You want to, be a, you want to have a grateful language. Now, you know, I understand sometimes it's, you know, it can get, it can get aggravating when people aren't grateful, but listen, you can be grateful no matter what. You can have that language where, where it's just part of who you are. To be honest with you, and I'm going to show you this from the word just so you'll, you'll know this. To be honest with you, if you are a Christian, it should be your language. Okay. Listen to what the word of God says in Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Okay, so it's talking to Christians. So walk Him, in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Interesting thing is in the Greek text, it doesn't have the words in it. It actually says, have, uh, as you have been taught, abound with thanksgiving. Be a grateful person. Abound with a grateful language. Let that be part of your life. Let it be who you are. A grateful person. A thankful person. Because why? Because you're a Christian. So if you're a Christian, that should be your life. And listen, what you have to do is when you get saved, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have to replace the world's language with God's language. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. This will help you. Verse 3. But fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather, but rather, 
giving of thanks. Giving of thanks replaces all that foolishness that you and I used to be a part of. Our language should be a grateful language, a language of thanksgiving. It ought to be different than the rest of the world. All right, so I'm going to put you to test now with this next one. You ready? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and, what's the next part? Giving of thanks be made for all men. All right, now I'm going to read the next verse to you. For kings and for all who are in authority. Well, I don't like the president. Or I like the president. It don't matter. Listen, you need to be thankful for the president. Not because of who he is. I'm not even going to use a name because you could go back to the first president, to George Washington, and I could be preaching about him. Or Abraham Lincoln. It doesn't matter. What, what, who's in that office, they're not there but for the most eight years, okay? But the point is, as a child of God, it is your responsibility not to get on Facebook and argue about who's this and that and the other. Your job is to give thanks to God. Your job is to pray, <laughs> Thank you. I got a little. See, I know some of you are sitting there pouting. I don't believe that. I, I'm an American. Listen, let me tell you something. Okay. You want to be an American first or a Christian first? If you want to be a Christian first, then Thanksgiving has to come out of your mouth for those who are in authority. Just so you know, I went back, I, 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 go, I go back in my notes, and I have preached this with other presidents. So don't you think by one stretch of the imagination, I'm trying to promote anybody. I'm trying to promote you into the place you need to be as a child of God. Well, I, nobody, nobody's going to know if I'm on Facebook. Are you kidding me? You just bared your soul to the world. And not only that, you just told the devil exactly what you think. And he will use it against you. I'm not on Facebook, but I hear things. Well, I have an opinion. You're a Christian. Prayer Giving of thanks. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know you're hoping I'm going to get through in a hurry, but I'm not. I'm just warming up. You've got to understand that. Listen, your life should have a language of gratitude. 
Colossians 4.12 says this. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. You know, if you're not careful, you can get over into a negative tone of praying. But if you've got thanksgiving attached to it, it's almost impossible to do. So your language has to change. Okay. Now, let me switch gears for a minute. Who has a grateful language toward you? Who has a grateful language because of you? All right. Who is it that thanks God for you? I didn't say thank God you've gone or thank God you left the room. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. I don't care what anybody says, that was funny. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, listen to this. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, now listen to this, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Is your liberality, is your life, is your lifestyle causing thanksgiving to go up to God because of you? Let me just tell you this. Yesterday, thanksgiving went up to God because of those people that were blessed at outreach. Somebody paid for that, and some of you did. Your giving paid for that. Some of you paid because you worked. You did something. And because of that, thanksgiving went up to God for you. Some of you give to missions. And I hope a lot of you do. Most of you. All of you. But, but when, you, when that money goes overseas... Thanksgiving goes up to God for you, for you. But listen, it's not just that. It's your daily life. How do you live your life? Do you live your life where people thank God for you? There's a woman in the Bible named Dorcas. She had another name, Tabitha, depending on the, the language used. She died. And let me tell you something about this woman. She had a life that produced gratefulness in other people. Because when she died, the people around her would not accept it. They said, this woman, let me, let me just read you this phrase. I like, I like the way it says it. This, it. It says about this woman, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. And she, she died. But the people that, that were thankful for her and grateful for her wouldn't let it go. They went and found Peter in another city and said, get over here. We need this woman. Peter came to that city. And literally raised her from the dead because 
of the thanksgiving of other people. Would you want that? Let me ask you this. I, I don't mean to be ugly. Please don't misunderstand this. But if, if, if you were sick and in the hospital, is there anybody that would come even check on you? Or would they say, oh, my God, you don't want to go see them, man. They are so ungrateful. They are so whatever. Or would you be one of the ones that, this person, they got to live. They're going to, they're not, no, no, we're, 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 we're going to pray. We're going to believe God and we're going to see God do something. Because I am grateful for them. When you understand the power of that, it'll raise somebody from the dead. That's pretty. I want people to be grateful for me. I, I, I have to tell you, it's not a selfish thing. It's not selfish to, to, to want people to be grateful for you. Listen to what Paul said. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible, 1 Thessalonians 3, 9. I love the way Paul said this. For what adequate thanksgiving can we render to God for you for all the gladness and delight which we enjoy for your sake before God? Paul was just thankful because they were, they were, they were his delight. They brought joy to him. How, what can I render to God for you because of all that you've done? In fact, Philippians, I'm going to read you one more. Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse, beginning verse 3, Paul said this, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Every time I think about you, I thank God for you. Man, that's, that's impact, isn't it? Every time I think about you, I, I just thank God for you. Always, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this one thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I just, every time I think about you, I thank God for you. So, got a lot of issues here with Thanksgiving, but, but I don't know about you, but I, that's where I want to live my life. I want people to be thankful. I had something happen, and I, I'm not bragging. Please don't misunderstand me, but, but it blessed me, okay? I was coming to the church on 3132 and exited. Just before I exited, I saw this car in the ditch on the other side of the, of the exit, and this young lady standing out there, and nobody was there. So I pulled up. I said, are you all right? And she was shaking, and she said, somebody ran me off the road, and and um, I said, oh, my goodness. And she said, and, and a policeman stopped and, and I asked me if I was okay. And I said, yes. And he just left. He, but then, while I was there, someone from the sheriff's department pulled up. So he may have called him. I don't know how that worked. You know, and, and uh, she was on her way back to college in Arkansas. And she was from South Louisiana. And um, I said, well, look. We're, we're, we're going to help you. 
Okay, and so we got a wrecker, you know, to pull the car, and she'd called her parents, and they'd gotten on the road to come, come up there, and and um, and I called um, Richie, and I said, Richie, we need to help her. Would you go with her to the over there? And so went over there with her. Come to find out, the car was not damaged that bad. They fixed it to where she could get on the road again, and and um, her parents didn't have to drive all the way up. And several weeks later, I got a. I guess Richie gave her my my name. I got a, a sweetest note from this girl. I just want to tell you how much I, I appreciate you and thank you so much for just stopping and helping a stranger and being willing to help me get back on the road. I don't know about you, but that blessed me. That blessed me. Isn't that amazing? See, listen, you want people to be thankful for you, not thank God you're not around. Amen. Now, I, w- I want to switch gears here just a little bit about this because I want to show you something else in the Word about this. And I know I'm preaching two or three messages here at one time, but I just felt like this was the way I needed to do it. But, but I saw something in the Word that just shook me when I saw it. It just kind of did something to me. In Luke chapter 22, we're going to receive communion here in just a few minutes and And uh, in Luke chapter 22, verse 17, Jesus is is actually preparing for the first, what we would call the Lord's Supper. He said, I'm not going to eat the fruit until I'm in the kingdom. And then he took the cup in, in verse 17. And listen to what the first thing he did was. He took the cup and what did he do? Now, wait a minute. Think about this a minute. He's holding a cup that represent His blood shed for us, and He's giving thanks? He's giving thanks to the Father for what He's about to do. Not dreading it. Oh my God, i got to do this. i got to grip my teeth and get through this. He's thanking God holding that cup up that represented His blood. And he said, he, he, he t- gave them instructions. He said, take this, divide it among yourselves. He said, I'll not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread. Guess what he did? He gave thanks for his own broken body. Gave thanks to God, his father, because his body was about to be pierced. His body was about to be bruised. He's going to be mutilated beyond even a conception of anything we could imagine and hung on a cross. And he gave thanks for it because it was going to produce you and me. How powerful is that? Thanksgiving was so strong in his life that even in that moment he was willing to thank God for it. Let me tell you something. Now I, I know a little bit about God walking with him these years, but I can tell you one thing. That made the father proud. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He's given me thanks knowing that that's his blood he's holding in that cup, knowing that that's his his body that he's breaking and passing out 
to the disciples, and he's still grateful. He's still thankful, even though he's about to face the torture and the separation of the Father. Now listen to me. When you understand that, now we're going to receive communion. You've got to understand where gratefulness for what Jesus did comes into your life now. Now I'm going to have the men go ahead and come up here for the sake of time and, and just get prepared and we're going to start here in a minute. But listen to me today. Listen carefully to me. The reason I'm saying this is, is, is I could preach, you know, I could jump off right here and start talking about and, and preach about Jesus dying for your sins and Jesus' body being broken so you could be healed. But I want to talk about another part of it. Because Paul over in 1 Corinthians got the revelation. Now listen to me carefully. He got the revelation that Jesus had given to his disciples. Jesus appeared to him personally and gave him the exact same instructions that he gave the disciples. So Paul is speaking from a place of authority, but he is writing to a church in rebellion. He's writing to a church that does not respect one another. Does not understand, just hang on one second guys before you start. Does not understand that we're one body. Because the church at Corinth, the rich, the haves, they were bringing their own wine, bringing their own bread, bringing, you know, having their own food and, and, and feasting. And while the have-nots didn't even have enough to have communion. Because then they brought their own. And so there was a division there. And Paul rebuked them. You don't understand what you're doing. In fact, if you keep this up, you're going you're gonna to get sick. You're going to die. Because you are not, now listen to me, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, see, you can jump off that two ways. You can talk about Jesus' body broken, but you can also understand, and this is what Paul was actually talking about, they were not perceiving that they were one body. And it didn't matter what they had, what they didn't have, what color they were, what age they were, that they were the body of Christ, and they were one, and they needed each other. You and I have got to understand that the body of Christ is more important to you, should be, than your own family. Because all your family probably isn't going to heaven. I hope they are. But I tell you, man, Joe and I, we, you know, we, we grew up together. We're going to have a great time in heaven. You're not going to no more care about Joe than any other member of the body of Christ when you get to heaven. You are not going to be buddies because we're all one. The sooner you understand that and you're grateful for one another, where you are right now in your life, well, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. Listen to me. 
has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what Jesus did. He knew what was going to happen to him, and he still was thankful, still grateful. I'm grateful for every person in this building. I'm grateful, number one, because you're here. I used to get so mad when I first started in ministry. You know, I've matured a little bit, I hope. I'd get mad at the empty seats. Well, they're not there. Why get mad? And the Lord just showed me, won't you just be grateful for the people that are here? That's all you can, that's all you can do anyway. But here's my point. Somewhere, and I believe we're entering into that time where the body of Christ has got to recognize one another for who they are. No matter what the ethnic relationship is, the economic relationship, the intellectual relation, it doesn't matter. We are one body. And we've got to understand that and we've got to be grateful for one another. And sooner we understand that, the more powerful we're going to become. The more powerful we're going to become. Well, but you know, I know so-and-so. And you, well, go look in the mirror before you say something about so-and-so. Be a little grateful before you start judging. In fact, Paul goes on to say, there's only one person that you judge. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.